I want to welcome everyone listening to us on the King's Cast. Title of my message uh, today is Growing Church. And I want you to turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 12. The, um, the Apostle Paul writes this amazing book, 1 Corinthians, this amazing uh, part of the Bible. And um, he discusses a whew, multitude of issues, I tell you. So many issues are in it. And then he comes to these three chapters that we're going to just touch on very, very quickly today. Chapter 12, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, read at everyone's wedding. Um, chapter 14, very Pentecostal type uh, chapter, as is, uh, as is chapter 12 in many ways. And uh, I just want to dip into these, uh, these chapters just for a minute. As we just think about this whole thing about growing, growing church, I'm aware that we've been discussing this morning building plans and there's more to growing a church than putting steel in, isn't there? Right? We're most supposed to be living stones. Can you say amen? Living stones, not just bricks. I know if someone said to you, where's the church? You'd say, oh, it's on Tennyson Road. But you wouldn't normally say, well, the church is me. But actually, we are the church, aren't we, wherever we go? So in these, uh, just in these chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 through to 14, what are just little things that maybe can help us as we talk about this whole issue of expansion, growth, both numerically and in quality? What does the Apostle Paul say? The first thing that I think he says is that church growth is done together. Let's read a little bit of this. Verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12 says, The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. Verse 14, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an, an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The first thing about growing is that it's done together. <clears throat> Every part of the body, says Paul, is important. 
You'll know that, that if you've got, like, last night in bed, my feet hurt. Now, my feet are not the biggest bit of me. Believe me, those of you listening online. My feet are not the big, but they're hurting. And so I was trying to sleep, you know, with my feet. You know, like you do, sticking them out the end. Shall I go that way, this way? What shall I do? If I go this way too much, I've knocked Jane, you know, and that's not good. <laughs> Believe ye me. I thought, what's wrong with them? And I didn't know why my feet hurt. They were throbbing away. It might have been because of the kebab I had from Milton. It may have been Wagner. Um, I don't know. Something hurt them. I couldn't disconnect them. You know, it, it was all, all like connected in together. Well, it's true, isn't it? In the Bible, the same thing is being said here. We're all in this together. Somebody once said that teamwork makes the dream work. It does. It does. The things we've spoken about today are going to require us all to be involved at different levels. And God has a role for you in it. Some contribution you can make. Some role that you can play. Whenever you see God doing something amazing, whenever there's some great big church or some great ministry, almost always there are some gift people involved in it. Some, there's some leadership involved in it. So I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Some, some, some gifted individuals. But there's much more than that. There is a team as well that make it work. One of the most frightening things for me about the project we're undertaking is I am totally and utterly out of my depth. Uh, we've had meetings talking about the building and I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. They took a language, they took this build, building language. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're talking about. But I know they know what they're talking about. And teamwork is going to make the dream work. And so once again, just, just, it's a very simple thing. Everyone needs to find out what role they can play. Not just in a building, but just in the whole sense of the, of the growth of the church. You need my gift. And I need your gift. More significantly, this community needs our gift. God, in a sense, doesn't need our gift because if we don't do it, he'll raise up someone else who will. No one's indispensable. God will just raise up someone else. But I want to appeal to you to hear the call of God, respond to the call of God. I was saying, I think it was last week or the, the week before, for every person you see serving God, and I don't, by serving God, I don't mean holding a microphone and standing at the front. I mean in any capacity, for every person you see serving God, there's at least another five, maybe ten, who God has spoken to, but they, they have not responded to it. And uh, so the laborers are always few. That's what Jesus said. But I encourage you, in this new season, because by what we've talked about today and yesterday, it feels like the new year has come early, you know? We're sort of 
suddenly there. I want to encourage you to find your place in it, to make your contribution in it. And uh, we can make the dream work. So it's done together. These things happen because there's a team. Because there's a team. The second thing I think Paul seems to say about growth and expansion from these from these chapters is in the next chapter in that it's done by the mature. Come over to chapter 13 and I just want to briefly look maybe just at one verse. <clears throat> it's verse 11. You'll know that chapter 13 is all about love. Paul is saying to them, you may be gifted, but, uh, but are you doing it for the right reason? Are you doing it because of love? And somehow it's found itself read in all weddings around the world. But it's this verse here, verse 11. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I fought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. So number one, the way churches grow, it's, 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 it's done with a team. But the second thing is, it's done with a mature team. It's not done by children. It's done by people who have put childish ways behind them. And let me tell you this, and this is true for me as much as it is for you, you don't put childish ways behind you by getting older. If you did, we wouldn't need anything in the Bible to tell us to do it. Putting childish ways behind us is something we have to do. And sometimes, younger people can be more mature than more senior people. Now, just before we go too far, plenty of times senior people are more mature than younger people too. But it's nothing to do with what's in your passport. It's nothing to do with your date of birth, whether you've put childish ways behind you, it's to do with your, with your state of mind. I, uh, I wonder how joyful you will feel. Those of you who have teenage kids here. I wonder how joyful you will feel the day that they wash up a cup that they did not drink from. There's an attitude among teenagers, and of course teenagers can be 40 and 50 years old as well. Well, uh, what do you mean you want me to wash up? I didn't eat. <laughs> this is not my plate. What are you talking about? You can do a deal with a teenager, maybe, just maybe, to bring the plates out of their room. Maybe you can do a deal with a teenager with all love and respect to all teenagers 
hearing me on the internet now. But you can, maybe you could do a deal with a teenager to hoover their room. But why don't you have some fun and ask a teenager to hoover your bedroom? See, see what happens. Because there's a sense of deep injustice. Well, it's not nothing to do with me. Wash a cup that's not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a childishness about that, you see. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now, I don't want you all to come to Jane at the end of the service and say, so how much washing up does he actually do? (laughs) But I'm not bad. Thank you, love. She said I'm not bad. Because it's written there on the script. (laughs) I don't know her shoe size, but I do wash up. And there can be a tendency in church actually, as well, you see, to say, well, it's nothing to do with me. It's not my cup. It's not my problem. And for people to only really to care about the things that affect them. But actually, we are all supposed to be in this together. We're a family. And in a family, you do things for one another. It's done by the mature. We put childish ways behind us. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if I were to take a piece of litter and just fling it on the carpet of the church one Sunday morning. And of course, not put a camera up or something, but you know, just see, would anyone pick it up? Would anyone pick up litter left in the church? Would anyone walking through the church see, you know, a cup and pick it up? Or would it be, but that's not my cup, it's not my Mars bar wrapper. You know, I just, I just, I'll just leave it. Because it's not me. Well, if that is how we operate, then we, we have to grow up. Because we've got, we got the teenager about us that says, well, it's, it's really nothing to do with me. But teamwork will make the dream work. So growing church, becoming quantitatively bigger, is that the right word? In quantity, growing in quality. This is done together. It's done by the mature. People who understand, you know, this is my responsibility. And number three, I'm only being short today. Number three, it's done for others. Go over to chapter 14. And here we have in chapter 14, a big discussion about, um, in in, in this context, it's to do with prophesying and speaking in tongues. But I want to draw a principle out of it. He says in verse 4, he's, he's, he's talking about how they were, they were all kind of just speaking in tongues, it seems like, all the way through the service. Nobody said anything in any other language for a long time. 
And he says to them, he who speaks in a, a tongue edifies himself, builds up himself. The Greek word is oikodomia, which means it's the same word you'd use to build a house. The word oikos uh, means house in Greek. So he who speaks in a tongue builds his own house, but builds himself up. But he who prophesies builds up the church, edifies the church, builds the church's house, not his own house. He says in verse verse 5, I'd like every one of you to speak in tongues. He wasn't saying they shouldn't do that. But he says, I'd rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so the church may be built up. Or edified. Then look at verse 12. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. And then look at verse 20, where the same thought comes through again. Brothers, stop thinking like children. He says to them, he's not against this speaking in tongues stuff. He says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, he says. But he says, when I come to the church, he says, my role at the church is not to be built up myself, he says. When I come to the church, I come to build other people up. I don't come to build my house. I come to build other people's houses. I mean, I'm stretching that that metaphor a bit. But I come not to be blessed. I come to bless. It's as though Paul is saying, when I come into a church setting, he says, and outside of the church, I build up myself. But when I come to church, I've got a different mindset about me. I'm not a child. I'm an adult. When I come to church... I come to build other people up, not myself. And if we want to see growth, you see, we have to adopt a mentality that says others, 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 others. Not me, others. There are going to be times in your life when you're going to have the the worst week you've ever had and you're going to fall through the door of the church and you're going to need to know that you're in a loving family and we're going to need to be that loving family for you. And there are going to be times when you're going to fall through the door and you need others to build you up. All right? But hopefully, those dark valley weeks will not be the norm for you. Hopefully, there are going to be a few weeks go by in the year when instead of desperately needing to be blessed, you're going to be able to be a blessing 
the reason that we are blessed is to be a blessing. Right? And Paul said this, when I come to church, my chief purpose, he says, is to build other people Now, of course, in building other people up, you will be built up. I think of one person, a member of this church, who went through a valley for sure, but decided to give themselves to helping others. And that person gave themselves, they joined the various teams we were putting together, and that person gave themselves to helping others. You would be amazed what happened. That the valley began to get lifted. Because the Bible says this, he who refreshes others shall himself be refreshed. On Friday night, I was visiting a church south of here. The power of God was very strong. While I was preaching, there was a lady right on the back row and her arm was crooked like this. She couldn't, she couldn't make it straight. And while I was preaching, I'm telling you, it straightened. And she came and showed me at the end, my arm, it's straight. And it had been like this for a long time. She'd been unable to straighten it. God began to heal people in that service wonderfully. Hallelujah. God is good. But at the end, I was just chatting with, with, with a young man. A young man who's he's going through a rough time. I don't know him. I'm not his pastor. But I just took 10 minutes at the end just to talk to him. He's going through a rough time. He's got the opportunity to do some charity work. To work not so far from this building, actually. And he doesn't know what to do. He said, well, I, I might do it, I might not. He said, I'm not feeling too good at the moment. And I pleaded with him. I said, oh, please, do it. Because if you'll go and serve others, you'll find that you yourself will get cured. Or certainly strengthened by the experience. When you build other people up, I promise you, you're built up yourself. You don't lose. Because God gives to those who give to others. Whether that's their money, their time, their energies, whatever it may be. Paul says the way to, the way to be blessed is to be a blessing. So in the new season that we're sort of coming into, we need to be together. We need to be mature, which means we take responsibility. For things that maybe aren't anything to do with us. And we have to have our mind set on building other people up. Brothers, he says, sisters, in your thinking, don't be like children. Build someone else up. Just finally, go over to Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Luke 15 
where we read something amazing. One of the ways that you can One of the ways that you can help us grow this church in quality and in quantity is you can make some more friends. Jesus says in verse 3 of Luke 15, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? This is a beautiful story, isn't it? The guy, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. What a beautiful story. Do we all agree it's a beautiful story? Yeah. Now, here's a question. What about, though, if you are one of the 99? Well, it's not so good then. Well, if you're one of the 99, it, it's not fair. If you're one of the 99, you want the shepherd with you. You don't want the shepherd to go after the one. You want the shepherd to stay with the 99. But we've got to go after the one. Not just this shepherd but all of these shepherds sitting here. We've got to go after the one. When people are new, in this venue, they need to be spoken to, befriended. Amen? Now that might not fit with your agenda for coming to the church. Because your agenda for coming to the church might be that you are blessed, not that you bless someone else. But we need to be mature. I don't mind if people come to this church and they can't stand it. They can't stand the preaching. They can't stand the worship. They can't stand. I, I don't mind if they can't stand it because of the ministry. But if they can't stand it because no one was friendly to them, then shame on us. Right? I don't mind people saying, oh, well, I don't like the preaching there. Oh, it's too long. It's too short. It's too fat, it's too thin. Probably won't think it's too thin. But, you know, I don't mind what they, if people don't, don't connect with the DNA of this church because there's a hundred churches they can connect with. I don't mind. There's a lot of choice out there, believe me. But for people not to connect because no one was friendly to them, there's something wrong. That's why you can't be late for church. Because at the beginning of the service, there's a job to do. There's some people to greet. And you say, well, we have some stewards. No, but that's like saying, there's a wrapper on the floor, but it's not mine. See, we all got to play our part. It's the, the teamwork will make the dream work. Sometimes I'll finish preaching. And I would have spotted someone in the room. And I, I haven't spoken to them. I don't know their name. And I want to make a beeline to them. I want to get to them. I want to get to them. 
because no one's really spoken to them. They, you know, no one has really made a connection. And so because no one's made a connection, I'm going to make a connection. And it might be great for them to have a connection with me as the leader of the church. So I'm trying to make a beeline to them. But quite often, I can't get to them. I can't get to them. I want, to, I want to say this to you. If ever you come and speak to me and I say, excuse me, I just need to go. It's not because I don't love you. It's because there's a one, there's a one, there's a one. And just in that moment, you're the 99. Just in that moment. You can be the one another time. But right now, you're, you're the 99. There's a one. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a one. Now, I'm saying that, but let, let that, that's not, I don't want that to be the foreground. That's the background, because you're the shepherd too. You're the shepherd as well. And I want you, in this new season, as we, as we come into it, I want you to start to think about actually breaking out of the, the people that you know and befriending some other people. Now, some people don't quite connect with you. And maybe they don't want to talk to you. We have just spent the week in Devon. And I know this is going out on the internet, so I have to be very careful. I will not say where it was, but we have just stayed in one of the worst hotels in Britain. Why is it the worst hotel in Britain? Why? Is it the bed? Nope. Was it the TV on the blink? Nope. We were upgraded. We were in a four-poster, do you call it four-poster bed? Right? One of them. Jane looked like, you know, something out of Camelot, you know, lying there. <laughs> the Wi-Fi works straight away. It's a miracle. It's a miracle in England for that to happen. Not in Sao Paulo, but in England, the Wi-Fi works. Awesome. The breakfast was Fantastic. And the price was good. So what am I complaining about? What I'm complaining about was the hotelier who would not leave us alone. She knocked on the door. What time is it? Six o'clock at night? Open the door. Where have you been? Now, Jane's hiding behind the door, <laughs> in the bed. Where have we been? The following morning, we came down for breakfast. Where are you going today? <laughs> the biggest joke is we've stayed there before. And the last time we stayed there, we were in bed. And she burst in, into the room. I'm just coming in to close the window. Now, everything, I was polite because I'm born again Christian, you know. But everything inside me wants to say, will you get out? <laughs> now, she would have gone to bed and thought, oh, my customer service is fantastic. <laughs> and for the right person, it was. But not for me. I don't want to tell you where I'm going. 
And you've got to weigh that up. When you meet somebody, you see, in the church for the first time, maybe they don't want you to kiss them. Had you thought of that? Had you thought of that? Or hugging them, maybe they don't want you to do that. When people come to the church, it's like a first date. And when you go on a first date, you have to weigh the lady up very carefully. Does she want to hold hands on the first date or not? Does she want to be kissed on the first date or not? (laughs) I should have left you at the hotel. Other people want you to talk to them. Other people love to have a big chat. Other people just want to be greeted and left alone, right? Are you all with me? You have to weigh up what people want. So if they're not a big chatters, then just greet them. They don't, if you feel a kind of they're nervous, just, you know, let them be then. But other people might want to talk, so, so talk. Because if you've ever been on a first date, and by the way, coming to a church you've never been to, let me tell you what it is. It's a blind date. It's not a first date. It's a blind date. And on a blind date, I don't know how many people go back the next time. I've never been on one. Honestly, imagine if I had. Imagine for her. I sent her a picture of me in 1979. Hello. I want to ask you today, please, think of yourself as the shepherd on a Sunday morning going after the one. Leave the 99. You can have a chat with your friend maybe another time. So that's why you need to come early. And I won't say, can you say amen? Because some of you cannot. But you need to come early because there's work to do. And right at the end of the service, there's work to do. In loving, consolidating, greeting, making friends. Let's be a team. What happened in Luke 15 is this. The end of the passage, and I'm finishing. The end of the passage, the prodigal son came home, right? He comes home at the end. It's the prodigal son, he comes home at the end. And the father is overjoyed, but his brother is not. And we've seen this happen in churches sometimes, you know, where there's a new influx of people, and the people who were there before, they get a bit cross. Well, uh, I'm not the center of the party anymore, just like this young man. Why aren't I having a party? So if we're going to see growth, we we have to combat this. Don't be like the angry son. And don't be like the neglected 99. I promise you, if you are the one, you'll get all the attention you need. If you are the one in need of being built up, 
then we want to build you up. But there's others who've been being built up week in, week out, week in, week out. And it's, it's, it's time for you to build others up. And let's make the dream work. So number one, we have to do this together. I need Tony Parallon right now. I need Mirek right now. And when it comes to November and we receive that offering, we're, 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 we're all needed to see this happen. Some of you are a very large part of this answer and others a smaller part. But I'm asking everyone, let's play our part, all of us. Just like the people who played their part to construct and pay for this that we enjoy, now the baton is with us. Number two, it has to be done by the mature. Mature people take responsibility even for things that don't directly benefit them. And number three, we're here to build other people up. It's done for others. And I promise you this, and I finish. You won't feel like a neglected 99. You won't feel like an angry son not getting the attention or whatever it may be. If you become the father in the story, or if you become the shepherd in the story, take that part. Auditions are open for it. Take that part. Go after the newbie. Go after the, uh, the unbefriended. Go after the lost. And you'll be blessed.